Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Gracious Father God, again, we come, first of all, say thank you for the many blessings that thou hour restored upon us. Realizing, Lord, that you've been good to all of us. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Now, Lord, we're again here, again, asking that you would just touch each and every one of us on tonight. We ask that you intervene with us as we go through the scripture, as we walk through the pages of the Bible. We ask that you look upon the teacher and student, Father God, that we can apply this lesson to our daily life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, okay. Hear me? okay. In the book of Luke, 15, 11 through 24, uh, this parable speaks of the prodigal son. Uh, so this is a parable. Uh, and as with most parables, it has a specific teaching and a point to be brought forth. Uh, this parable is designed to teach us of the forgiving nature of God. Uh, and also, uh, in the same re- respect, teaches us to rejoice in when a sinner repents and is restored back into the family of righteousness. The characters of the parable are described in the Pharisees on the one hand and the Republican Center on the other hand. Uh, this teaching is, is to show us that Jesus, uh, particularly, well, also in our day, that normally those that are not seen as the elite are the ones that readily receive Christ while the elite normally rejects him. It also shows us that God has a time and a will and an order that he go by. So when you look at this parable, we're looking at it on a human characteristics and that it talks about a father and a son, but it's also on a spiritual characteristic and that it speaks of, when it speaks of the father, it also reflects on how the God, the heavenly father, could be seen in this. So verse 1, uh, 11, I mean, says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. So Jesus is speaking to a crowd of Jews, and he sets forth a parable aimed at the scribes and the Pharisees who are critical of God's compassion for uh, publicans and sinners. Uh, So the uh, a certain man is talking about God the Father. In other words, and throughout the parable, the conduct of this character uh, of the father is intended to reflect the conduct and character of, of of God the father and also humanly father. We see that God will deal with his children. God has love for both, and he has uh we would he would deal with both in accordance to his standards. He has a standard that he's gonna go by. Uh and God is the same today, yesterday and tomorrow. 
So he does not change. So we see that he had two sons. Uh, the two sons of the scribes and the Pharisees and the Republicans and some. The scribes and the Pharisees are depicted as uh, in the character of the behavior of the oldest son who thought of themselves as being righteous uh, because they did not, uh, the oldest son thought himself righteous because he did not leave and go and live a life of idolatry and, and, uh, and uh, sensual life uh, and felt like he had no uh, need of repentance because he had kept the law. The scribes and Pharisees many times thought that they had kept the law, and in essence, they had not. The Republican and sinners are depicted as, as the younger son. He knew that he had did something wrong and need forgiveness for it. So the younger son of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. So Luke, when he writes this, is, is showing the disrespect that the young son shows toward his father. And in essence, the disrespect we show toward God uh, when we sin against him. So the younger son of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of good that falleth to me. In the Jewish custom, uh, there was two conditions by which one could inherit uh, uh, what his father has to give him. The first was if the father was re retired or too sick to continue his work. Uh, Jacob gave his son their inheritance before he died, but he was already sick and blind and on, and on his deathbed. The second was if the father died. Uh, older son received the greatest portion and the younger son the lesser portion. We saw Esau and Jacob fight about this uh, throughout their lives. But this uh, this father was neither dead, uh, nor was he sick. So what this son was asking for was completely out of line. In other words, he, he, he might be saying to himself, I'm so willing to get out there that I, I, I really want... Uh, you to give, you know, and I wish you were dead. I, I really want what I want so bad. Uh, in other words, it's somebody uh, disrespectful of what they got. As, as we say, see many times when these children say, this is my room, you can't come in here without knocking. No, it's not yours. Well, what you've been given is, is, is out of the grace of the Father that allowed you to live in this room. So many times lost men are, Thanks that God owed him a blessing, and and what he received, God gives him is is something that's due to him, not something that is uh, is a blessing because God loves him and wants to give it to him. So so many times lost man cannot do the right thing. Uh, there's two fights that we might look at it. That first is that. Uh, Give to me the portion of good that followed to me. Did notice that first he does not ask the father to divide his wealth. He commands the father to give to him the portion of good that legally uh, would receive when his time was right. But the time had not come right. So he's asking for things out of God's order in time. Uh, and then he says to me, and me is always talking about uh, being selfish in your behavior. Uh, 
when you start to look at uh, only me, then you're you're going away from the, uh, the attitude that would would reflect on others. You're only concerned about yourself, and this son was concerned with only what uh, he himself was entitled to. Uh, but and and God and He divided unto them His living. So God lets us know that God sometimes will let us. Uh, break our own net. In other words, I give you something even though you're not entitled to it. Uh, and, and many times you might say, well, I'll let you go ahead and buy that car even though you can't afford it. And let you see that if you wait till till I give you my blessing in my time, yeah, it, it, it'll be better then than it is now. We see that in the, in the children of Israel. When they went to uh, Samuel and tell Samuel that they want their king like the rest of the nation had, God gives uh, tell Samuel, give them what they ask for. But they're not fighting against you; they're fighting against me. So, so he gives them for a king, and we know what happened with Saul. Saul was was crazy and, and actually went uh, became a lunatic. So sometimes God allows us to uh, have what we we want, even though it's not in lining up with his will. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So not many days after the young son gathered all together so he took all that he that he had. He made a wrong decision in asking for it. And now that he asked for it, he uh, he couldn't wait to get out into the world. And uh, you know how many times do we hear young people saying, "I can't wait to get out there. I'm so tired of being in this condition. I'm so tired of being told what to do." And 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 even in uh, whether it be your earthly father or your heavenly father, one of the problems that uh, we always have is is following the instruction of God, being obedient to the Father. That's what got Adam in trouble in the beginning, is that he was not obedient and not eating of the fruit that God told him not to eat of. So uh, this son is ready to get out and do what he want to do and took his journey into a far country. So, so anytime we are out of the protection of God, we're in a far country. In other words, there's two ways we can be. We can be in the presence of God, or we can be out of the presence and protection of God. We've, if we in, uh, being in the presence of God represents being in the church, being part of that uh, presence. And out of the presence of God represents being in the world. So you, you, you're in one or two places. You're trying to be in the world, or you're trying to be uh, in, the, in, the, in the church, one of the two. And uh, we find out that if you're in the world, and that's what this son is going to find out, is that the world uh, has a harsh and unforgiving and selfish place to be. And really, it puts on a false face that makes you think that it's something that is not. Uh, and so what you're running to, you really don't know. You many times wish you had stayed where you were. And they're wasting his assumption on, on riotous living. The world has a lot of promises and things that they that it offers, but it all comes at a price. 
if you ever go out in the world seeking anything, you know, right, you're going to find pretty soon that those great pleasures or whatever that looks so great that they offer you on TV or show you and uh, all those great things that, that's out there, it all comes at a price. Uh, so whatever you're seeking or thinking you're running into, it's going to cost you. And, and riders living takes everything. In other words, it, it it doesn't just it just doesn't take what's necessity. It takes everything that you got. Uh, I'm always uh, curious about when somebody leaves something in the city. They just don't come breaking there and just take one thing. They take everything, and so it takes everything that this young man had. It says when he had spent all, there arose a mighty phantom. In the in that land, and he began to be in want. So the wrong choices we make in life, uh, uh, without the protection of the Lord, uh, the world took everything he had, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty phantom. And and, and this phantom, uh, uh, many times God brings some situations in our lives that that, it, that puts us in the position that. Will lost man uh, realize that that what he has done it will drive him back into uh, having a relationship with God? This phantom, uh, the outcome, uh, will place, will let him know that you placed your trust in the world, where you should have had your trust in God. The world is going to strip him of all his wealth. He spent it all. Uh, but then uh, there, that phantom that arose at the, almost the, the, the same time that he lost all his money uh, is going to give him the need that he needs to return to God. Uh, so, and he began to be in want. And one of the ways that, 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 that drives us uh, many times back into uh, the necessity to know that we need God is that we get in a position where the world is not going to help you. The world don't curl. It just takes. It does not give. So we come in need. And one of the basic things that we need is food. Uh, and so this phantom uh, gives him, it puts us in a, uh, in a predicament to where he's going to realize that he needs God. So the world we see not only in this day, but even in the world today, the political fight over cutting Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid is all about the world wanting to take away what you have uh, worked for and, and put back in for retirement and clearly show that the world is in the business of taking and not giving. So it wants to take what you have saved uh, for the future and, and, and it wants to take it away from you and put you in a in the same situation that this young man is in. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So many times, if you think about what usually happens to a young person when they go into, uh, I said a world, in this case, I always think in my mind of being in, in a large city. And goes in a large city, and it ain't what they think it's going to be. The first thing they do without uh, hesitate is join with the wrong group. 
In other words, this young man is, is going to join to a, a citizen of that country. In other words, he joins in, in the world. And many times you think about joining himself to a citizen, of, he, he, it's going to be like joining to a drug dealer or maybe even a, a, a young girl putting herself into prostitution. But he's going to be for he, what the scripture is trying, I think, trying to get us to see in that is that he he is he, not in a, a good position. He puts himself even in a better position. Uh, so he, uh, I mean, in a worse position. Back home, if he had went back uh, uh, home, he would have been a prince. But in this case, he is really just a bomb. So he, he actually becomes what is looked on as a bomb because uh, Jews have nothing to do with swine. And he sent him into his field to feed swine. Uh, so, again, I said the Jews had nothing to do with swine. It was considered the most hateful and debasing work that anyone could do. It was forbidden for Jews to eat pork, to have any dealing with those that, that raised them. Uh, those that dealt with house were forbidden to enter the house of God by Jewish law. So in, in, this, in that respect, Leviticus 11 and 7, and Deuteronomy 14 and 8 surely shows us that they were not to be dealing with anything had to do with swine. So he put himself in a bad position. And he would faint had filled his belly with the husks of the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Uh, he is put in a position. He's gotten to the point where he uh, really would have to do anything to survive. Uh, uh, without God, we're lost anyway. So he's put in a position where just to survive, uh, he's going to eat anything. That In fact, he's eating what the swine eat. He would faint. In other words, he ain't getting enough to eat. It fills his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. So he's, he's, he's eating uh, uh, hog food, in other words. And no man gave unto him. Well, what, he, what he's talking about when he say no man gave unto him, the Jews believe, and, and that's why even in the wilderness, God uh, sent down bread from heaven every morning in the form of manna. The Jews believed that if they had no bread, they would die. The part of Kassan believed uh, that, that uh, without... Uh, any bread, he would die, and no one was giving him bread. Uh, so in his respect, he would die pretty soon because he was not getting bread. He was only eating that what the hogs ate. And when we get in a certain time it takes us to get hit rock bottom, we realize that what we had wasn't so bad. God has a way of opening our eyes to th for things that we uh, had but didn't appreciate. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough uh, to spare, and I perish with hunger. So in other words, he's got in such a condition, and, uh, and, and uh, I remember when, when young, so many of the old folks would be saying things like that young man had lost his mind. Uh, so this man, man, in other words, has lost his mind. He's got in a state where... Uh, uh, he doesn't. Uh, he's in, a, in more of in a sane state than he's in a, a normal state. 
In other words, his mind has come to reign. So scripture says when he come to himself, uh, in other words, when he get out, uh, got back to rationality, when he realized that what I'm doing don't even make no sense. So when he came to himself, uh, he hit rock bottom. Uh, uh, he, he began to look and see that that there's no hope. Then he can look up. And when he look up, he can be able to see that God is the only answer. So he said, how many high servants of my father have bread enough to eat? So realizing that God is a God God of regulating. In other words, he's a mind regulator. God touches his mind, his brain, and says, uh, uh, brings him to the point that, that he began to think properly again. He told himself the truth. And only when we speak the truth to ourselves uh, that we can take our life in a new direction. So in other words, he finally get to the point that I've been going in the wrong direction. I got to make a change in my life. And so the God, the, the regulator of the mind has touched his mind in a way that now he can see what the mistakes that he made. He said, how many of my, um, how many high servants of my father have bread enough and uh, and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Jesus says to us, I am the bread of life. The food that the prodigal son uh, ate did not include bread. And again, to the Jews, that if they didn't get any bread, they was going to die. And Jesus takes this point to a little bit different situation in that uh, they believed that they their physical body would die. Jesus took it to their thinking to a whole new level when he said, uh, he spoke of the spiritual bread in which he is. He is, and without him, no man can see uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he tells us that I am the bread of life. Eat of my body. Verse 18 says, and I will arise and go to my father. And we'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. So now he got a rational mind and can see the need to have a life with God, who is our heavenly father. Uh, prodigal son is speaking of his earthly father. But in, in the spiritual sense of the time, he, uh, he's telling us that Jesus is showing us that the same thing is happening. You must arise and go to your uh, heavenly father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and thee. No one can enter into the presence of God the Father without first repenting of their sin. Repentance invokes divine forgiveness. It is uh, the forgiveness that God grants us to, to enter into his presence. The prodigal son was generally remorse for his sin. He knew that all that he would, uh, his deeds were wrong. His thoughts were wrong. His actions against God were wrong. He needed to get his life straight with God. So he, he's on the path to get his life straight with God. Verse 18 says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. But Jesus, or David says he restored my soul. In other words, when God gives uh, forgiveness, he restores our relationship and our status with him. 
we are sons and daughters of God and not high servants. So even though this high, this, this guy is talking about, I am no more worthy to be called their son. Uh, none of us are worthy to be called the sons of God, but we are seen as sons because of Christ. Christ wrapped us, us in righteousness in the robe of Christ, and we are called sons of God because we are worthy to be called so because we believe only be only be only begotten of God. He makes us worthy. So we can uh, say that this is Jesus. God says to us, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased with because we accept him as our Lord and Savior. We as our beloved sons of God. Make me as a high servant. So this part of the heart is humble when he's saying uh, what he's saying about making us a, a servant. Uh, he has a humble heart when he when he talks in this way. But in, in essence, God is not going to make him a higher servant. God will restore him as a, a son in his kingdom. And he arose and came to his father. But when he saw was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. God moved on the sinner before he uh, even got to him. God knows our heart, and he knows the heart of this sinner. And he arose and came to the Father. And no one uh, comes to the Father on their own. Lost man does not seek God. God seeks lost man. Jesus said, I believe in, in uh, I believe it's in the book of Luke. Uh, Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. So the prodigal son was moved in his heart because the grace of God has touched him and called him. And he responded to what uh, God had moved on his heart. But when he was yet a, a, a great way off, it shows us that God the Father sees the response of our heart even before we come into his presence. God knows us. He is, uh, he's what to call omniscience, and that God. Uh, fully aware of the state of of our of our heart, even before we even know what our heart is. So, the prodigal son left the position of the father. Yeah, everything he desired and thought that he had in the world, he already had with the father. Uh, so he discovered this. Uh, it took him some doing, but he discovered all this, and now the father is going to restore him to where he was. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This parable of, uh, lets us know the actions of Jesus in receiving an, uh, an, a savior, a sinner, I'm sorry, a sinner. The father saw his son before the son saw him. Teaches us that God is always on the look for his returning remorseful and repentant children and who respond to his grace. Uh, he, he took him as he was. So many times we want to come say, come as I am. This, this, this prodigal son came as he was. Been in pig pens, he wore, wore raggedy clothes and, and broken down, but God took him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, my, and in thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
the son spoke the words to his father that were in his heart before his father ran to him. The father did not allow him to complete, complete the rest of it because he said, I am no make me no more a high servant. But it's, and thy son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. God wants to convey to all that he forgives sin based on the condition of one's heart and not on what we are trying to convey to him. We, we really trying don't know, know what to say, but God already knows what our heart is trying to say. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. The, the father allowed the son to express the, these uh, uh, thoughts, but uh, because it let him know the true desires of his heart. But the father said unto his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. So the items that God has given him is letting him know that he's not going to be restored as no servant. Uh, the robe, bring the best robe and lay it, uh, uh, lay it, uh, lay, and put it on him is indication that God is returning him to his former uh, place with him uh, and put a ring on his finger. A ring on his finger uh, is a sign of mark of wealth and dignity uh it says to the son that he is favored you know the father has affection for him and shoes on his feet lets him know that he's not going to be no servant many times when people were captured and taken into uh captivity they the shoes on their feet were removed that was a sign of enslavement but uh the the father tells the son that i'm going to put shoes on your feet in other words you're not going to be in kept uh, captive. You are uh, a, a, a member of the family, and bring forth the fetid calf and kill it before a grand celebration. The Jews made a sacrifice unto God. The blood of the sacrificed lamb was caught and poured out before God as an atonement for sin. But Jesus has already paid the sin. The killing of the sacrificial animal was symbolic of the death of Christ on the cross who shed blood for the sins of man. And then it said, and let us eat and be merry. The eating uh, and being merry is a picture of what we will participate in when we get into heaven. Luke says in Luke 22 and 16, for I say unto thee, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So it's symbolic of the supper that, that we would have when we uh, get together again in the kingdom of heaven. For my son was dead and he was alive. He was lost and is fine. And they began to be married. For he, my son was dead. Anytime that we're out of the relationship with God, we're in a dead relate, we are dead. Uh, but and is alive again when we believe that God uh, and is justified and believe that his on his only begotten son God gives us the gifts of salvation and our salvation says that we are spiritually alive and they begin to be married we are always rejoice when the uh, 
from one that is lost is reunited with God. No one in heaven is said when another one's soul is added to the family. That is a time of rejoicing. God wants us to know that, that he is waiting for his wayward servant to return to him. Any uh, comments? Great lesson. Yeah. Great lesson, Deke. Uh, you explained it all, but uh, I can say within myself, I can see myself in this part of the sun because a lot of times uh, we think the grass is green on the other side. And mm-hmm. we sometimes we, uh, as the older people will say, that you like your bridges, you too get too big for your bridges, but and you know, uh, sometimes the Lord will allow us to uh, give us what we want, but it, but it's not really what we need. And mm-hmm. well, then we had to realize, like you said, in his lesson, had to come to himself. A lot of us had not came to ourselves because we want these things that not of God. And when it's not of God, it's it's not going to last long. It's not going to work. Right. Right. But the moral, uh, to me, the moral of this uh, whole lesson, uh, Walter Grove, uh, even when this son asked, even when this son left, his father still welcomed him back home. And that's just like us. Even though we get contrary, we get beside ourselves and we leave the awkward safety, he still got his arm wide open. He said, whosoever will, let him come. Yeah. God had not moved, it's just us that done moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you look at, um, you also look at the way that the prodigal son, whenever he did come back, he, he seemed like he was humble and was saying, forgive me. Um, I'm not worthy to to be, you know, had me as a servant, and, you know, with with God, when we have done wrong, that's how we should be too. Lord, forgive us for our sins, and, and not think about um, how you were before. Because when you done wrong, you need to appear to be like, Lord, I need I need you. So I'm I need to show you that I'm really. Um, I'm repenting and from, from that. So, good lesson. Yeah. And that's, like you said, Sister Barnard, that is another point. A lot of us, uh, he did admit his wrongness, and but a lot of us don't want to admit that we were wrong. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, it, it shows us in this lesson that we we got to come to ourselves and realize, you know, and and sometimes I, I, I listen at, at some songs and I think about, it is just me. One of the songs said, Lord, if I'm too high, bring me down. If you know, you, sometimes you got to have that sense, too. He give you five senses, too. You tell my Lord, if I'm too high, bring me down. You all know, realize if you went up there on your own and then now you're asking the Lord mm-hmm. to bring you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> you ought to have you ought to have some kind of sense yourself too. Something we ask the Lord in this. That's all I had, Deacon Wade, uh, y'all, anybody uh-huh. else. Nobody else, nothing is on you. All right, well, we're thankful again for this great lesson, and, and we thank God for love in difficult times. So, yes, yeah, continue to pray and love. We need love every day of our life. Thank God for all of you that attended tonight. Thank God for the teachers, the students, and those that input. So we ask that you pray for sick, children, and the bereaved family. We know that. And while we're praying, just uh, give God the praise because he's doing his His work. And we can see, like I said, every time we can see his power, we can see his handiwork. So uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Yeah. All right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. We thank you for this great lesson. Thank you for the teacher. We thank you for the students that put our input. Thank you for those that were just listening. We just ask that you bless us collectively. We ask to look upon sick, children, and bereaved family. If it be thy will, bring us back at the appointed place at the appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. We love all of you. Love you too. Good night. Love you all. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.